another episode of the Who Do You Think You Are podcast. And Pedro. Episode, episode 129. Be, be, be more sure about it, dude. This is a new year. New year. So we're starting off stronger now, you all know? Right. All right. We so got good. the first stranger in this studio, Studio 3. Yeah, so all the previous up. guests, like, either I know or you know. Yeah. And this is a, a one guest that neither of us know. So in studio we have Leo Flowers, Leo Flowers, stand up, <laughs> stand up comedian, stand up comedian, <laughs> TED Talk. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, what's how going on? I'm, and podcaster. I'm, I I never know how to answer that question. How are you? How are you? It's <laughs> like the year's just been. We started the year off with fires and uh, you know Black Lives Matter and then more fires and. Um, and now I'm just bored. Yeah, bring the fires I, back. Like, I, like, <laughs> like it went from like it was just an, it's just been an emotional. I thought I sound echoey. Is that the headphones or is that? Uh, um, I don't know. You but, sound good in my headphones. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, yeah, it just I feel like it was just like you know it started off like very like you were hopeful. It's 2020. We're gonna do this and all that. Yeah, and it was exciting. And then it got scary. And then it, it was like oh damn. And and now I'm just like. I'm playing Monopoly. Like I finished the game <laughs> yeah. of Monopoly from beginning to end. Me and my girlfriend, and that's just that's just where we're at. Well, I'm watching Queen's Gambit and that show's so good. Chess. Dude. Like, how, how do we go? That show's so good. It, it's so good. But last year <laughs> I was watching Ozark, and then uh, we're watching Narcos, and now we're watching. <laughs> you know what really pulled us through uh, the uh, pandemic here in that? the studio was uh, Tiger King. Oh Tiger King, I feel like pulled pulled a lot of people. Through. Yeah, you grew out your mullet. Yeah, I grew out the mullet. I had it. I had it going. I I had plans to be uh, Joe Exotic for Halloween, mm-hmm. but that that fell through. Just gotta figure everybody would be doing that. But uh, I watched five minutes of Tiger King. I was like, this is too much. <laughs> this is overwhelming. This ain't for me, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, I, That's Florida, I, baby. Yeah, yeah. I, I, pop, I watched start watching like Coco Melon or some shit. Uh, like it was dude. too. My daughter watched. Like the that. yeah, right. The year was just too crazy to where I was just like, I just, I just want to watch like Marie Kondo fold clothes. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Get rid of the get rid of the shit I don't need. In yeah, my life, yeah. I just want it soothing. But, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. No, that that is true. That's a very surface question when people kind of ask, like, "Hey, how how are you doing?" Yeah. You know, unless you're gonna, you know, break it down and get into a conversation yeah. of how you're doing, like yeah. we're doing right now, it is a very much like it's become that. Don't know really how to I, answer. I yeah, it's like it, really at all times, we're doing our best. Mm-hmm. That's really always the answer. You see me, I'm doing my best, right. Though. Even if I'm <laughs> yeah. like laying in bed, I'm doing my best. Like yeah. <laughs> I was like, saying that too. Like I mean, this is a terrible year, but it's at, standing at the end. It is amazing how much through the human experience you can kind of make through, which is also weird. You list all the terrible things that have happened this year. And it's like, I'm not. Are you numb to the things that are happening now? Have I grown mm. numb, or also just so much can weigh you down? But you're still like, I guess I'm still here. I mean, I'm grateful for that. And yeah. who knows if it's going to get better? A lot of people are like, 2021, new year. That doesn't mean shit. That's a number. I think we're rolling over, dog. We are rolling we're over. Rolling over rollover right months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we definitely, but you know, that, that's why I like, to, I like to hike in nature so much. Because when it does feel overwhelming, you, you get out there with the birds and the trees and the, and the fish and the, you know. And you realize, like, no matter, even if you're having a great year, a great time, it, it, like these trees don't give a damn yeah. about right. about so, your accolades. Or what, I was, so me and my girl were just in Loreto, Mexico, right? Nice. And uh, I went for a walk one morning. It was like six a.m. and it was an area like you know tourists right now. It's like everything's very unpopulated, you know. So I'm out there. I got the whole beach to myself, and I go into this part that's like not part of the resort, and I just keep walking. I hear these two dogs barking. It's pit bulls, two massive pit bulls, and they're behind this fence. And I think I'm safe because they're behind a, a 10-foot fence. But I didn't see an opening in the <laughs> fence. And they both popped through. And I'm on the beach. And so, like, I start backpedaling onto this rocky peninsula. 
and they're following me. And, and thank God, pit bulls really aren't swimmers. I had to jump into the ocean oh, wow. to escape these two pit bulls. Damn, and I don't know if and you know this, but Mexican pit bulls are a little different than American. How so? I'm just kidding. I oh, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> You're just in Mexico. So I jump into the ocean, and I'm, I'm praying that these pit bulls don't jump in with me. And I, I had to swim. And I'm not even a good swimmer, but I got lucky. You know, in Mexico, where you could be like 20 miles out, and it's still like a yes, foot of water. Right. I don't know. The Mexican low tide, is, low yeah, tide, low tide, maybe. right? So, uh, and and they don't chase me down, you know. For uh, thank God, but the whole time I was like, everything I've done with my life, all the things <laughs> that my ego is wrapped around. Like, yeah, you know, I have a master's degree. Right. I played in a in a Vegas bowl game. Uh, you know, I've been a five con. You know, like I have a great pot. Like all these things that I've done. Right. At, at that moment, that none nothing. of that mattered. Yeah. That These pit nothing. bulls didn't give a damn <laughs> about like my suicide prevention podcast or me doing stand up yeah. or like my abs. Nothing like that. <laughs> the pit bulls were just they just saw food, yeah, and they just wanted to protect. And I was just like, damn, I was so grateful for that experience. I mean, one because I survived, but two is just like, oh yeah, it it matters, but it it doesn't. To what extent, right? Because right. like when you said you get out in nature and stuff, and and you realize like all these things around the birds, the fish, whatever, uh, it's all we're so little, you know right. what I'm saying? And we're just so minuscule to this environment, or you know, compared to so little and so random. Like that's you can have all True, these accomplishments. Yeah. You can work so hard on your life and trying to form into this perfect masterpiece or what what have you. And then these pit bulls, it can be a wrong turn. It can, you know what I mean. I went on a hike one time. I took five edibles, which and I didn't tell my girlfriend at the time. Which so you took a wrong turn before the hike, exactly. (laughs) And then I started trailblazing. Got to this part where I'm just like, is this how how I die? King of the world. It was beautiful at top, but then just go down. We had to like slide, and she's crying and mad at me that I, you know, guided her up here. I was just, you know, following my intuition, you know, my animalistic nature. (laughs) But it could have led to our death. And it's just like it's crazy to think of all the things that you work on yourself through depression, through addiction. It's like, this is the moment that takes me down. You're like, fuck, man, this is it? Pitbulls in Mexico? It doesn't sound that bad, honestly. I read about (laughs) it. Cool way to go out, but, you know. You know, I was thinking that, too. I was like, if I go out, I'm going to go out. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, so my, you know, going back to my ego, right? So I text my girlfriend, like, as I'm in the ocean, because I'm thinking, like, the pitbulls might jump in. Where am I going to go? And I text her, I was like, two pitbulls, like, like, cause I had to send something real quick, you mm-hmm. know, and cause I want her to know, like, that's how I went out. Like, I wasn't kidnapped. I didn't run away. Yeah. I want you to know. I want you to tell the story that Leo Flowers was taken down by two pit bulls, yeah, yeah. but there was their blood in the water too. Right. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah, he was like missing that. an eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's like, uh, he left me for two pit bulls. Right, right, right. <laughs> so what kind of? Where did he go in Mexico? This is a weird he, place. Making a music video with pit yeah. What is yeah. going on? So the, the crazy part of that story is, you know, I, I I scraped my leg on some rocks, you know, jumping into the water. So like I'm bleeding on the left side of my leg. I'm drenched. I run home and I get home and my girl, she's always working on a laptop and she's she's right there at the desk working on a laptop. And without even looking up, she's like, you forgot to take out the trash. Oh, <laughs> and I was like, you snap back yeah, to yeah, reality. Yeah, and then she looked up and she saw me bleeding and perspiring. And so she's like, oh, my God, what happened? And I was like, oh, my God. You forgot man. to take out the trash. We're on vacation. We're in Mexico, bro. That's the crazy thing, too. Like, after these life-changing events, something that could have been so traumatic or something, then it, we go back and you're like, I got to take out, I got to do my yeah. laundry. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like something crazy can happen that night. I got to wake up, go to work the next day. Like, right. like, what is this life? It's so strange. So like, before you kill yourself, that's the name of your podcast. Yes. What brought you into the whole mental health? Uh, something that I've dealt with my whole life. What brought you into it, I guess? Uh, I mean, I've Did struggled. Did anybody choose to go into it? I've, I, I struggle with it. Uh, you know, when I was nine years old, I told my mom when I turned 40, I was going to end my life. And I've always tried to look back at that and try to figure out, like, why I even mm-hmm. said that. And I, and, I, and I remember from a young age, I had always felt like a burden. Like, I used to always think, like, if my mom hadn't had me, she would be able to afford, like, an amazing life and mm. travel and do all the things. And, and I was just thinking about all – because, you know, I had a single mom. I have a younger sister, four years younger. And my mom was working, like, two jobs to send us to Catholic school, which I know was, like, expensive, you mm-hmm. know. 
uh, and I only had like one, I had like two pair of pants, one shirt. So I had to always have to wash it because I, I was always sweating profusely. And um, and I just was just I just felt the sacrifice she was making right. to ensure that we had an education because, you know, she's an immigrant from Belize and doesn't have a college uh, degree. And so but, you know, from day one, she always told me, like, when you wake up, you're either going to school or you're going to work but you're going somewhere, mm. yeah. right? So it was instilled, like, it, so to her it was like, no matter what, you're gonna, I'm going to get you the best education I can, I can offer you, and I'm going to do what I have to do. And I was just like, God, she'd just be able to kick back and relax and if she didn't have us. And, uh, and so I was just always trying not to feel like a burden to her, but just to people in my life, too. Mm. It's like I just I don't want to feel like I'm imposing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I like my girlfriend, uh, she, bless her heart. She's the exact opposite. She has no she has no problem. No awareness. With, <laughs> with, no, well, she has awareness. But but to her, she's just like, why wouldn't you ask for what you want? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you stand mm-hmm. up for yourself? Why wouldn't you? Catholic um, guilt, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I got Catholic <laughs> guilt, too. Right. Yeah. I got that Catholic guilt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not even Catholic. That's what sucks. <laughs> Me like, either. But welcome still to the club, baby. baby. Welcome to the club. Yeah. When you're it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, in, it's instilled, man. It's instilled. <laughs> And you don't sure. realize the formative nature of when you're young and you hear these things, yeah. how much it really yeah. forms mm-hmm. you. And it, I was I carried it with me for so many years. This existential crisis, not understanding what's happening, and I didn't realize that's how where a lot of my depression stemmed from, mm-hmm. which is kind of ugly because religion should be beautiful, like God and heaven and these ideas should be flourishing. But the stories are so violent, yeah. Right. So there's the confusion of like, you know, this is the guy who loves you right. and worships you and will do anything for you. But I'm like, but he's he slaughtered like 50 people right. by page 10. Right. Like exactly. I don't understand. Yeah. We didn't even through Genesis and he's already. Yeah. It's the know? first Game of Thrones. Right. I mean, it right, started right. with Cain and Abel, right? Like, right. This is two, two pages in. Yeah. yeah. You're like, and this is his son? What <laughs> the? Right? <I> know. <laughs> yeah, what is that? Right? thought I had a bad dad. I mean, but that's, yeah. like, that's, <laughs> that's like your mother's engagement with you, too, right? It's, it's, it's like her, that's her purpose, is, was to so, make you too prosper. Great point, because uh, I realize that a lot of people who do struggle with, like, mental health issues or especially in relationships and stuff um part of the struggle is that we ourselves aren't asking enough questions right mm-hmm. I, I, through my whole childhood i'm just assuming i'm this massive burden to my mom not realizing i'm filtering i'm projecting the life that i'd want onto my mother mm-hmm. because i love to travel i like my goal is to go to visit all seven continents i've been to five um and I, I love to live comfortably, like, you know, like I, I want a house with a lap pool, you know, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So uh, there's a materialism, but there's also like an existentialism that that I'm pursuing at the at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just like, of course, my mom wants the same things that, that I want. But, you know, a few years ago, I finally sat down and had a conversation with her and she she expressed exactly what you said. She said her whole purpose was just to r- take care of kids and take care of old people. And that's, and that's all she's ever wanted, and and now when I tell you my mom is one of the happiest people, uh, I know she truly is. She's sixty nine, right. and she's still taking care of an, an older uh, lady. Okay, and and so like when people meet my mom, they love her. Like people, my friends kidnap my mom. Like they get her phone number, <laughs> they become best story. friends. <laughs> my mom, yeah, they kidnap. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, like <laughs> my mom was like, <laughs> like I live in LA, and my mom, and she lives, she's in Chicago, and she called me one day, and, and, she, and she was like, hey, I'm in LA. And I'm like, what are you doing in LA? And she's like, yo, your friend Bobby flew me out. And I was like, what the fuck? So like, p- people just like, they just love her. They they take care of her and, and stuff like that. And, and she, because she has like this, this night, she has a, ch- a, 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 a a childlike quality mm. about her, where she's just like still in awe of yeah. the thing of the world. Around I feel like her. a lot of adults or grownups lose that shit. Yeah, they lose so it. Easily. Yeah, not yeah. in the Midwest. I mean, not in the Midwest. No, the Midwest people are great. I oh, love Chicago, true. dude. You're right. We're yeah. we're in, we're about in Chicago. Um, Northside. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had family in Naperville and whatnot. So like, that's I've moved around so much in my life. I still feel like I go back to there around Aurora and stuff like that. That like, I feel feel at home there. Because the only consistent thing that's been in my life. Well, you know, I think part of it is is the food. Like, it's such a food mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. You know, alcohol, the pizza, uh, the gyros. There's so many different cultures melting. And and I think that 
you know, especially today in today's time, when we think about food, we think about a food in terms of calories or does it have gluten in it? Mm-hmm. But food has always been a thing that has brought people together. So it's, it's like if when you travel, it's a way that people welcome you into their homes. So, you know, some cultures, uh, they hand feed you first before they take the first bite. Damn. Um, yeah. And so, like... That's a salt in some places. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You're going to get hit. Yeah, you're going to get hit. <laughs> like, you trying to put your fingers in my mouth? What? Yeah. Especially right something? now, dude? Yeah, yeah. You can't do that 2020, yeah, yeah, you get your hand bit. <laughs> yeah. And so, it, it, you know, we, we forget that it's such a, a communal thing. And in Chicago, and in the Midwest especially, everything's around food and mm. social gatherings. And, and I, I think that keeps a levity about things when when you get when you get down to the basics of of community and yeah and food yeah. i love that man because food does fucking bring everybody in you know what i'm saying it, yeah. it just includes everyone and yeah. sorry dude got a, little, <laughs> got a little excited i think it's that in the weather though in chicago like I th- i've heard somebody talk oh, about this yeah. it's like you suffer through these winters and you're in these packed bars trying to stay warm and you there's a sense of survival that's like what happens mm-hmm. to a lot of societies when they crumble is we start creating more problems because we're not forced by these out the ones outside of us so we start creating but as a community if you're like s- shivering through the winter and trying to like shovel each other's like so you can get to work and what it brings people together mm-hmm. or in arizona we're we all hate each other. We got we got we're living in luxury over here. <laughs> yeah. No, you know what? It makes sense because you know if it's dead or winter in Chicago and you see somebody all like scrunched up in the face, yeah, you know why exactly, you know, or at least you think you know why. You're yeah. like, yeah, it's ten below. Like, yeah. I feel you. Like, He's right. a drunk. But but like if it's like but like the sun is out. You know, like I live in San Diego and somebody's all scrunched up. You're like, is it me? Is it you? Yeah, is right. it like what's going? He's on? He's going through something. Yeah, is he on keto? <laughs> yeah. His CrossFit class just right. got closed. Yeah. I mean, You're what's right. going? Oh, no, this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to ask him some questions. That's why they ran out of kettlebells, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dude. I never thought that like there would be such a run for kettlebells. Yeah, I, I tried, oh, I've yeah. been Hard trying to order here. them since March. I got I got one Did like <laughs> luckily. It was, yeah, like, it's been great. Yeah, the the, the market it went up to like a thousand dollars for like the black market on kettlebells. I know, it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> just for like metal. It's funny the things that we run out of like toilet paper. It's like right. pa- What's there's some line of it that's like, and then also people taking advantage of you. you go to the grocery store now. There's a couple brands like fifteen dollars. I'm like, this is it's criminal. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. yeah. If we're ripping each other off in a time of need supply and demand, time baby. we should be coming supply to, and demand. I know it's capitalism, and you know it's finger looking good, but I'm not happy about it because. He wants some kettlebells, and we all need some kettlebells. And I don't even think that many people exercise, so I don't know what I'm saying. So why can I not find some weights? Like, Like, what are you gonna do in March? Like, you're gonna be a resale of kettlebells (laughs) in March, brother. No, (laughs) what I can't wait for is to be at like uh, these uh, adoption places when people start returning the dogs. Oh, sad. Sad. It happens when movies (laughs) come out. When like 101 Dalmatians came out, happens with Dalmatians. Beverly Hills Chihuahua happens with Chihuahuas. Happens with all those movies. Oh, man, I tell you what, when people can start going back to Cabo, man, those dogs (laughs) (laughs) are going back to the pound. Yeah, yeah. especially because I don't think people realize how expensive dogs are. They're just like, oh, yeah, it's a couple hundred. But I mean, that's for it's. That's the initial purchase. That's the initial man. dog food. That's you need dog missing food a leg. Yeah, weekly. Right. And you then that doggy back surgery. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All that shit, man. It gets expensive. Yeah, it gets expensive, man. Well, so. then the vets start charging more and more. It's like oh, this, yeah. there's this thing where we just keep on. Just the, with it's a business, baby. Stop it. It's Pedro. a business. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. It is what it is, man. That's the thing. It's There's so many things in life you could pick on and just be outraged and so going back to your whole nature talk or going outside into the world we deleted got rid of a lot of our social media in this past year and you realize that you're not this isn't the world i'm not tethered to not this isn't the world that we're actually existing in. go on a hike go to camelback mountain walk around listen to the gossip of you know betty and sue talking about their boyfriends like that's Get out mm. there. Yeah, Betty's not happy. Yeah. And no, he- you're right because you know when I go, so, sometimes I go, I, I go hiking. I'll take my headphones. Mm-hmm. But ever since that dog incident, I realized because I had my headphones, I have these noise canceling headphones. If I had them on, I wouldn't have heard them in time enough mm. to react. So the being aware of your surroundings. Right, because well. they, I heard them barking early on, and I could tell that they were massive dogs. So I, I immediately start to put some distance Ooh. between myself and the That's sound. That's so scary, dude. And it. if I had not, yeah. 
like that could have been the end of for Leo Flowers. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or a leg or a limb yeah, or something. Yeah, something, know? man. And then, you know what? You know what was interesting, too? Because I was like, I, I didn't care about being killed by the dogs. I just don't want to get hurt. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, interesting. Like, like if I got murdered by the pit bulls, I'd have been fine. I'd have been like, cool, like cool, I'm yeah, dead. Yeah. Like you're dead. Who cares? It would have been a quick death. They would have went for the throat. I would have bled out immediately. Uh, but like to like lose like like for them to like bite half my face, yeah, and then like yeah. I got to go through that reconstructive you need 42 surgery, stitches 42, and all that. Yeah, yeah, and all that, or like lose an arm. Like I don't want to be hobbling around. <laughs> that could have been your next yeah. comedy special, no, though. man. No, <laughs> man. That, that's, that's the one art comedian that <laughs> <laughs> talks about mental health. Yeah, I mean, right. Just be swimming three, in circles, <laughs> carrot top with your leather arm. You can kind of use it as a prop. Too. Three limb Leo, okay. yeah, three limb Leo is what they call it. You and the shark yeah. bite girl. That, that was my up. that was my only thing. Where I was just like, oh my god, because rehab. Sucks. I don't know if you guys ever been through any. I haven't had any like to do any physical therapy. Or have you had to do any? I broke my elbow when I was a kid. Oh uh, yeah, so um, you so don't remember? Not right, really. Right, yeah, right, right, right. It just yeah. sucked having a cast on for eight months and not being able to move your arm, and then after it gets taken off, it's so strange because your body just completely gives up on you. It's like, all right, we guess we're not using that anymore. It's almost like those phantom limbs. Oh yeah, you phantom. know people people oh, yeah. right, have right. like that. Where they have all their limbs, but they're like, I feel like I shouldn't have my right hand. Yeah, those, like, people, those people are freaks, bro. They got, <laughs> they should be listening to Leo's podcast because <laughs> they got some mental health issues. For sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, uh, I didn't, I was like, I didn't want to get hurt, man. And then mm-hmm. it, but, but what was interesting is I started thinking about like relationships of like, I, I, like of why like I always break up, always preemptive strike the breakup because I don't want to get hurt. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, people talk about, I, I don't care about death. Like, I'm fine. I've had guns pulled on me a few times. And I've always just, like, been like, all right, whatever. I've never, like, it's, it doesn't scare me to die. But, to, like, pain to get hurt? Yeah. Like, oh, God. Like, mm-hmm. I, that, that's that's something I never, I, I don't want to experience. I mean, that's why, like, 50% of Americans are on painkillers. Right? right. It's like, nobody wants to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Or hurt. It's just like, ugh. I love the quote we brought up a long time. Like, your comfort zone will kill you. Yeah. I don't know who said that, but that was something that really resonated with me because I think as you're growing up through your 20s, you get locked into these patterns of kind of feeding off nostalgia in a way and finding this comfort zone that we're all really stuck in, especially after this pandemic and these lockdowns. We're all in this weird, cozy life where we're ordering things from our phone, watching things on our TV, getting everything on a high-demand speed that there is no ebbs and flows of life anymore. Mm -hmm. So the highs aren't as high, the lows aren't as low, and we're just becoming this numb mush. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're on painkillers. That's what it is. We're all just just numb. You you know there there's an author uh, Sarah Wilson who wrote the book uh, first we make the beast beautiful, and uh, and then she has a new one this one wild and precious life and in the book she talks about getting discordant, meaning like you know we we call it like shaking things up you know because we all we all get into a a ritual routine which is good you know sometimes like when you're in a plane the plane has to level out. Yeah. Right. It has to reach a cruising altitude, and then um, you know, and you spend most of your flight cruising. At some point, you gotta you gotta land the plane, though. And I think that like a lot of us, if you've been in a rut for so long, where you, you start to see progress, you know, where you're not moving towards your destination, that's when you got to just mix things up. And it, whether that means going for a hike or hopping on a train to nowhere, like we we want everything to be like. Um, perfect and controlled. It's mm-hmm. like I want my meal at this time, and I want that at that time. We want everything on a time schedule, and sometimes, and that's good if that's how your life operates. But sometimes that can be stressful too, of like running around and being on this time clock and this timetable. It's a routine. Yeah. It's a routine. That's why I like about hiking is like it forces you to be present, right? Um, anything outdoors, anything, anytime you do something different, doesn't have to. I always mention hiking because that's what I do mostly, but. Uh, like my buddy had a has an endo board. I don't know if you know what an endo. It's like a tiny surfboard, but it's indoors where mm. like you have to balance on it. Hmm. And you know when you Is have that the, the one on like the wheel or like yeah, it's on a wheel. Yeah. It's a board on a wheel. And you kind of yeah, 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 you got to yeah, balance. So I was doing that, and I did that for about a half hour. And you're just locked in because oh, you have you're to trying to, to balance, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you know you don't want to fall into the tree or through through uh, plate glass windows, right? Yeah. So it's like to find those things where. Uh, you can be present because we're not in control. Like, you can do your best to, like, you know, you're in control of, like, 
the sound of a podcast mm-hmm. and the look and all that stuff, right? But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, this sh- this whole building could blow up, right? right? It's it's like you got to start all over. I got OCD about yeah, that, so OCD. I don't yeah. like that you brought that up because I obsessively checked oh, yeah, my oven. blowing up. So now I'm like, oh, oh great. So now he's he oven. came on. He's, did he, does he smell gas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, so yeah, it's just but you know you just have to uh, and but like I said, I don't want to I don't want to demonize routine and and no, comfort because for some people because sometimes you need to be yeah you know a lot of people who've been through traumatic experiences like. Uh, Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw the HBO. So good. It's so good, so right? Good. But you know, so part of the story that they they didn't include was that some people, you know, of course they displaced. Um, they found most of those people new homes because you know you can't live there. But there's a group of women who actually decided to stay in Chernobyl mm-hmm. uh, because they were just like, "This is my home. We're not leaving." And and that group of women actually outlived. The people who were displaced. Oh, damn! Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. because they. Uh, and now, I mean, was it by a day? Was it by a year? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But the, the, I think part of the point is, is that it comes back to community hmm. and like how connected do you feel to the people that you're on this journey with? Right. It's not all right. about accomplishments and goals and achieve, achieve, achieve. Who are you with? Right. That's the shit that makes it worthwhile and it and, and keeps you present like you don't care if you get there i'm having fun mm-hmm. right it's all the bacteria too that's interesting you say that because maybe it would be like if you're exposed to these these gases or whatnot like to escape them that's actually hurting that would hurt their body more that's interesting i wonder how i wonder what like the difference is of the survival of the people right. that stayed there. actually they were the cast on hills have eyes too dude i don't know <laughs> <laughs> no but it goes back to um I think you mentioned this on uh, your your last ep- your latest episode or the one before that with Lucas mm-hmm. on uh, the uh, your podcast before you kill yourself about the the Jewish people in concentration camps and how the ones once they were liberated you know some of them had a really hard time struggling and possibly I mean off themselves very well so it could have been but uh, the ones that did progress through that and they built upon that it's it's almost just made them stronger, you know what I'm saying? And that their routines and all that just I don't know. And I wanted to go back to to that um cuz it I related uh, a lot actually to your last episode lessons learned from 2020. 2020 right. Yeah, and um number one how we're all needy and that's I've I've learned that even through my marriage, you know, cuz I we need the affirmations, we need the, you know, constant assurance almost in a sense and and we're all we're all fucking needy, man. You know, mm. even though we like to think we we don't need it, and we we do we do. And uh, also, like, I'm gonna list your top four. Uh, okay, because I forget what I said. <laughs> <Stand, laughs> Please do. Stand, dude. Yeah. So number one was we're all needy. Two yeah. is breathe, yeah. like through mm. the anxiety, through the panic attacks. And you actually mentioned something that I use that I've discussed with you before, is that uh, find things of a certain color. You know, trying to like. Just get you out of your head, like find something that's blue, and then you look around and you look for something that's blue, the cord. Or, you know, you, you find a couple things that are yellow, and then it's like that gets you out of your head so much you stop overanalyzing and, and just snowballing the process of the anxiety or the panic attack. You know what I'm saying? Breathing is so interesting because I, I started meditating a couple of years ago. Yoga helped me but learn I how also to breathe. Dude. realize when I have it, like if I'm super anxious or feel, start feeling depressed or overwhelmed, you do stop breathing. Your body naturally starts like you tightening up, up yeah. and you clench up. And I realized throughout my day when I when I'm like, oh, find your breath, find that rhythm. You know, one, one, one. Not, you know, yeah. just any of those. Are you Krishna? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I, but seriously, it's crazy. It's this trance that we need to find into, and your brain, your subconscious, can just grab onto this other loop mm-hmm. so easily and just. All right, pull yourself back. Here, Calm here we down. are. It's breathing. It's it's wild. Like I work your in, Yeah, yeah. You know, I, and it's funny because a lot of dudes, you know, women hate when men tell them to relax. Yeah. Calm Why don't down. you just relax? Calm down. Calm yeah. down. Don't tell me to yeah. calm down. <laughs> I'll show you. I'm not yelling yet. I'll show you and yelling. That's, and that's what my wife sounds like. So. <laughs> but, on. Or they'll say, "Why don't you smile?" Yeah. You know? But really, what we should be saying to each other is, you know. Take an inhale, mm-hmm. you know, exhale, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Come back to your breath. And and that's something that 
I don't think anybody would be activated or triggered by it because, like you said, we're all walking around in our heads, right? Mm -hmm. We're just like thinking about the past or thinking about the future, but to be in a moment is like very rare. And I think that when men are telling women to relax, that's what we're really saying is like, come back to Take your a breath. breath. Yeah. You yeah. know, get, come back to You present. hear that, ladies? <laughs> yeah. <I just, laughs> <laughs> you heard it from Leo Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down, ladies. No, but I think, but most men even saying that to him, I don't even think they're actually taking that own advice. I feel like there are some people, there, there are grounded people that could have an adult conversation like, hey, breathe, you need to take a deep breath. Like, I know we're, there's a lot of pressure right now, but most people, they're not doing this. It's like practice what you preach in a way. Mm -hmm. I think if you walk around floating, feeling good, you give off this energy. That's a real thing. If you, if you're walking around tense, you're like, Hey, come down. You know, like you, you get, there's, there's tonal differences. You, oh, it's, yeah. they, we get lost in the in-betweens. It's not as much of what you're saying, how you're saying it. True. You know? the, the, the nuances. Yeah. You know, I was just, I was telling my girl, you know, one day I came home and, as soon as I walked through the door, uh, my girl Michelle was like, um, she was like, where have you been? And immediately, like, that upset me because I was like, it was how just that tone. Yeah, that tone. Yeah. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you don't trust me? You know what I'm saying? After all we've been through? Right. Like, where do you think I've, like, what, what was going through your head, you know? And, um, and then I, I took a breath and I realized what she was really expressing was, I missed you. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? If you, del if you delve into right, it. If yeah. you delve into it, she missed me. Like that's, that yeah. was, but it, you know, but a lot of the times we're expressing ourselves from the surface level emotion, you know, yeah. uh, or just what we've heard other people say. Like, uh, rarely do we say to each other, like, oh, I missed you. It's like, right. where have you been? What have you been doing? Mm -hmm. What'd you do all day? Yeah. Or, you know, you know, because what do you do all day is, is a little aggressive, too. It's <laughs> right. Versus like, hey, I was just thinking about you. You know what I'm right. saying? And or I hope it, you had a fulfilling day. Yeah, it would be good. Like, uh, where you been? I missed you. You know, following up with that second. But it's rarely the case yeah, that that happens. Yeah, right, right. I don't know how to show our feelings anymore. I feel like we're not only boiling down our thoughts and ideas, but how we share them with other people. That's why I love podcasts, because it is an open conversation. We're not really stuck to our phone or looking at what we need to do next. We actually are dialed into a conversation talking about hey what's what's going on how are you feeling what's yeah it's more of just hey how are you like you can't just say how are you questions in a pot it's gonna end pretty quickly these yeah. are surface left yeah it's well you know i always say like if you really want to know how someone is doing you ask them how they're shitting and how are they sleeping? <laughs> yeah. you're, Would you like to answer that? Your, 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 your poop and your sleeps yeah. tell me everything. Because if you're not sleeping well, there's so many different reasons. why. Where are you anxious? Uh, your relationship on the rocks? Uh, financial problems? Uh, you're not breathing during you your ate, sleep? Right? You have sleep apnea. I have sleep apnea that I'm, I'm hey, struggling with. Same, I poop in my and, sleep. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, maybe you poop in your sleep. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the... Uh, and, and so, but, but, you know, like when you go to the doctor, they, they, they get a urine sample from you immediately, see what's going on, they get a poop sample. You know, it's like mm. these are the two things that really ground people and, 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 and allow them to uh, open up and have, have you have a much richer dialogue versus how are you doing? Because we're all just going to fall into that good. Because we, we really interpret that nowadays of like you don't really care or else you would have asked yeah, a more like detailed personal like so i was at uh dinner with some friends the other day with another couple me and my girl and another couple and uh and i was asking my girl about the color of her urine she was like i have a headache and i said well what, what how what color is your urine and then the girl and then my friend's girl was like how come you never ask about the color of my urine you know like just <laughs> immediately <laughs> just, <laughs> just jumped in you formed the, you formed the envy <laughs> in here bro <laughs> <laughs> but but what was funny is like she's a nurse and you know he's not so he was like well you would know if there was an issue with right, you. Yeah, yeah, that's how he's thinking. You should be asking about my urine. Right, absolutely. <laughs> but in her head, she's just like, I, I, why don't you show that you care right. about me the way he's yeah. like that? Yeah. You know? Texture, yeah. that's substance. Yeah, you know, Give me the details. That's here. why my Bumble dates are going so bad. I never ask how their urine is when they... When <laughs> that should be the opening start. line. Yeah. Are you on Bumble? <laughs> yeah. How was that going? Terrible. <laughs> I'm just, like, you know, Terrible. But, I, but I'm lonely. Like, Hold on. You got a girlfriend during this pandemic lockdown, man. I got my dog. What? what so wait. Hey, what's your what's your strategy? How are you opening? How are you opening them up? Is it terrible um, sex life? 
hookup wise or terrible to you know actually oh. build or grow great, a relationship? Great answer. Great question. I'm looking for something real. So I feel like what ha- ends up happening is these long form conversations, and then all of a sudden. I don't know. I don't ask them about their urine or something. So either we'd never meet up, and it might be on me too. I don't know. I don't know. What do you mean, long form conversation? It's it's not like surface level, just, hey, how are you? Good. Okay, let's go get a drink. Like, we're usually, oh, what do you like? We talk about, I don't know, philosophy or ideas or things, because those are important to me if we're actually going to have a relationship or even a date that's worth going on. Because I don't want to just go on some date with some thought, you know, you get some chicken wings and hook up later. Like, that's not the goal. Sounds like a perfect date, dude. Yeah, and you're married, okay? So I'm not just trying to chase it just to, just to get it marked off the checklist, okay? Well, I'm going to assume it's probably like you're doing a lot of pushing but not a lot of pulling, mm. or a lot of pulling and not a lot of pushing, right? Where it's good to have those philosophical conversations, but, like, you still have to ratchet up. So that's brain, right? Yeah. So you have to, how do you get to her heart? Yeah. Right? So if you're having philosophical conversations, that's head, 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 think, think, think. That's exhausting. And what that thing do. Right. Say it again. And then what that thing do. Right. <laughs> but see, but so so you went to the joke, right? Yeah. And so, like, you know, if you're doing that on Bumble, it, it's like, it's funny, ha, ha, ha. But it doesn't it doesn't make her feel anything. Right. So you've gotten her to think and people want to feel, hmm. right? That's what a commercial uh is trying to do, is trying to get you to feel a thing so that you'll buy the thing. Hmm. That's why like you you watch a, a car commercial, they don't really talk about the car. Right. Right. They they got Matthew McConaughey shooting pool yeah, with his dude. friends <laughs> and, and then he and then he just leaves the party like I don't need you guys mm-hmm. and he's happy by himself in the car. Yeah. They're trying to elicit a feeling like you you yeah. by yourself is enough in this car. Or like, status almost. Like. Yeah, even a status, right? So mm-hmm. it's like he was the life of the party and he's like, I'm leaving this party because I'm I'm cooler than this party, right? Yeah. Um and so you, you you have to find a way to tap into their their heart, right? Mm-hmm. Just sling so, the marrows, boy. Yeah. But I feel like I I feel it in a mm-hmm. weird like I'm like I'm just like oh I think this might be so I actually feel it kind no, of no, somewhere because you know what you just start off with said I think ah see what I'm saying that's head you mm. didn't get into the feel interesting right right so what happens is so like um, when when somebody's talking to you. What you're listening for are their emotional words, because women will give that to you. If you're having these long conversations, you're you're not you're not you know I don't care about really what you think about uh, crime and punishment mm-hmm. or you know uh, the mating habits of Japanese seagulls, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what I'm listening for is the emotion behind it. Wow, sounds like you're really passionate about that. Hmm. Passion, that's an emotion. And then she'll say, yeah. And she'll keep talking and passionate about it. You know, like I spent time with my dad and, uh, you know, we used to chase seagulls when I was a kid. And I was like, wow, you, you and your dad, it's not like you had like a close relationship. Close. Mm-hmm. See, so I'm, 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 I'm listening for the emotive languages that she's, she's going to provide you or just atone from it. And then that'll get her feeling a certain way. And probably open up a bit. Uh, right, more, right. Open up. You know, it's like, so it's like, um, what, what people don't realize about emotions is that the emotion, well, however she feels about a thing, she's going to feel about everything. This is why when guys take women to scary movies as a, as a way to get laid. It doesn't work. Wait, that's a thing, right? Right. You know, it's like, oh, she'll. No, be, I didn't know that was a right? thing. Well, you know, like uh, back in the day, it was like, oh, well, she'll yeah, be scared. You close yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Cuddle. She'll yeah. be scared and she'll want to cuddle and yeah. No, no. But what you don't realize what you what you're doing is, she doesn't really know you, right? Because she's still getting to know you. You're taking to a movie where there's a man killing everybody, mm-hmm. men, women, and children. So she's sitting there watching a man kill people, and she's with a man. And now you think yeah, that right. she's gonna go home with you? Right. Let's go, no. baby. Yeah, that's you your just, yeah. So now you wanna go? You wanna go bone? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so w- w- if you if you're really trying to build a, a connection with a woman, you want to take it to like a dramatic action movie where the guy dies, mm. oh, not damn. where the guy's a killer, but okay. where the guy yeah, is, and that's just gonna be afraid mur- of losing like he, you, bro. Where he sacrifices. That's right. A woman has to. Does he imagine, be attractive as a lead? The, well, it doesn't even matter about the looks, right? <laughs> yeah. It's the feel, ah. right? So a woman has to imagine 
losing you to love you. Damn. Right? Can you so, repeat that? I'm going to send uh, yeah, it to yeah, my yeah, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> woman, no, seriously. A woman has to imagine losing you to love to you. love you. That's why, wow. like, you know, I'm always like, you know, uh, I did the 23andMe, and diabetes is the, the t- wipes out my whole family. Like, oh, everybody bro. dies. Diabetes, cancer, heart disease. So, like, I told my girlfriend about it, and, and every now and again, I just send her articles about, damn, diabetes. I just remind her <laughs> that, like, like, I could die at any day yeah. now, you know, just to make her appreciate me. You do know you what struggle I'm with diabetes? Yeah, I do, like, for sure. Like, uh, and not that I have diabetes, but that um, I don't know if it's your... sugar. I'm, I'm, I'm high. I love, like, I grew up on, like, uh, you know, donuts, uh, uh cupcakes and ice cream like those are my three my girlfriend's the opposite she grew up on like you know chocolate pizza and chips i feel like those are always the two fast food categories where it's uh um, i mean of course most people be like i eat all the things but i think we always have one that we (laughs) it's really going off the rails yeah yeah yeah. well well, this is the quarantine baby you know anything can happen yeah. Um, I, I, I second your, uh, emotional eating because I do the same exact thing and it might not even be emotional. I just have a sweet tooth, man. I can't, I can't stop myself. Like last week I mentioned, I, I sometimes eat to stay awake and continue watching my show, you know, instead of just putting it down, going to bed, getting the proper sleep that I need, putting on my machine, you know, I, I saw you got the, uh, the mouth, yes. the mouth guard right, right. for, uh, for sleep apnea, but <laughs> it is. I was just like I can't not eat. Is that did that shut down? Oh. No, we're good. Oh, we're okay. good. Yeah. Um. You, you know. So like, the we we are fighting sleep, but but really what I found is like, um, part of it is like this feeling of not like I haven't done enough with the day. Mm. You know, like I don't fight sleep when I really am like checking all the boxes. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? I have a a, a list of things where. Um, because uh, I know boredom for me is like where I get in trouble, you know. Uh, so like I'm taking sign language, guitar lessons, uh, Spanish lessons, uh, all via Zoom, and then like I'm, I'm coaching clients. I have my podcast. I'm training clients. Like I need to have a million things to do. I'm, I'm not interested in mastery. I'm just interested in like being produ- feeling productive. productive. I just want to win the day. So yeah. is right? that <laughs> is that something you have to do like you have to have this, you know, routine or ritual whatever you want to call it yeah. to not uh, struggle with your depression because I know with you you uh very much put like a lot in you pack your days, you know what I'm saying? You go Same gym, runs and and that's your like how you deal with yeah. with not feeling that uh depression or or with anybody that when they say like i can't sleep i sleep terrible like did you work out that day what kind of sugar what are you intaking yeah you really have to look at all the things in your life that you're doing or trying to fulfill and if you're not putting any effort any chips in these spots of growth you're not going to sleep great you are going to feel even if you get 10 hours of sleep you might not feel great because yeah. you're not doing you're not trying to force yourself to grow it's a whole comfort killing you you know what i mean yeah, you, you sure. gotta try to keep at least for me I see some people that I'm like, they seem happy getting pizza, watching Netflix, binging it every day. Maybe they aren't deep down. I see that. I'm like, that seems really nice because I know earlier you said like you don't fear death. I don't know if that was something that you conquered or if that was something that was never inside of you. But for me, I was always afraid of death. It scared me. Lifeless, you know? No, because in death, there's no pain. And and, and really, a, a lot of people were just... Uh, a lot of people are running around trying to avoid pain, right? Mm-hmm. It's why people don't commit themselves to certain things, to relationships, to to their work, to their, their craft, because it's painful. Yeah. You know, Steve Jobs, he built up Apple from the ground up. I mean, did he, had help? Did he have help in investors? Yes. But that was his baby, right? Yeah. And then the investors, the board of directors, came in and took it from them. Can you imagine? Right. You build up a multi-billion-dollar company, and they go, "We don't need you anymore." Right. Damn. And then, but but you know, and that ate him up. And then he pivoted and uh, he started Pixar. So it it kind of became a blessing. And then he was brought back into Apple. Hmm. But a lot of people don't want to go through that kind of pain yeah. because there's there's a lot of there's a lot of betrayal. Uh, on your way to the top, right? Mm-hmm. It, there's a lot of heartbreak in 
people who you think are your friends, once the money gets to a certain number, all of a sudden it changes them. And sometimes it it t- can take away from your relationships, right? Your success, where it's like, if you're a person who really thrives on relationships and people, maybe you don't push yourself because that takes you out of the relationships, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it, you think about a CEO or, you know, these people living up in a penthouse, they're way up there. They're mm-hmm. on, like, the, the 100th floor. They're so far away from people. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. the thing that I love the most, of, you know, where I live in San Diego is we're, like, in this uh, two-story brownstone where as soon as I open my door, the sidewalk is right there. Mm. And I can walk, and I can I see people walking their dogs, and I recognize faces, and I can recognize dogs, and I know my neighbors, and my neighbors know me, and... You know, if I'm out of town, can you grab my newspaper, things like that? When you live in an apartment, mm-hmm. in a pent, like, you don't have neighbors. You don't yeah. talk to them. You're you're trying to, like, isolate yourself from those oh, people. Oh, especially mine. Down Absolutely. there. Oof. <laughs> Terrible. And, and you know, so there was this uh, this guy who, uh, it was a story about this guy who was a plumber. And, and his, he'd been a plumber for, like, 30, 40 years. And his company had kept trying to uh, promote him. And he was like, why would I want to do that? He goes... If I get promoted and I'm managing and running the business, I'm just in an office by myself mm-hmm. all day. I don't want that. I'd rather be meeting people, moving around. So a lot of times it, the, there's, the comfort serves us in a way so that we can grow in other ways. So it's mm-hmm. not about like your whole life should be uncomfortable. It's about finding – because we all need safety. Mm-hmm. That, and that's what comfort is, is like – where do I feel safe enough to then go out and explore? Very right? true, yes. You know what I mean? A foundation. A foundation. Yeah. We all need a foundation. So whether that be at your home, at work, hopefully it's both, mm-hmm. right? If you have both, that's a blessing. You're oh, yeah. lucky. Yeah. If you feel safe. and But most people don't have that, you know? No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Is there a bottom uh, d- uh, common denominator with, uh, I don't know, people you've interviewed on your podcast, like – people that do struggle with, you know, the thoughts of suicide and all of that, do you find some correlation between e- each of these stories or, like, a, de- a determining factor of... Or is this just wild and... just Because for me personally, I really never experienced, like, depression depression mm-hmm. until I... Well, not until I talked to you because well, yeah, you make the, me depressed. No, no uh, in the Hispanic <laughs> community, it's a myth. Make. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I really... Haven't haven't really had to deal deal with any you know physical or mental emotional depression throughout my life. So I always I never had like suicidal thoughts. I never that didn't even cross my mind. You know, so I feel lucky to have that because I know a lot of people that do constantly have those thoughts running in through their heads. So I'm just trying to. Well, a great question. And uh, so just to clear up a couple things because so depression and suicidality two different things Hmm. so depression is like a weighted blanket it's like it's a weight like when people are depressed they talk about how they it's hard for them to get out of bed it's hard for them to move to shower brushing your teeth seems like such an arduous task right it's like oh my god just so laborious to to get in there and and floss and and just I, i remember i went a week without showering right Suicidality um, is is like a, a fire. It's like um, it's it's like an inflammation from mm-hmm. the inside. So uh, when we think about suicidality, it's more of a pain, whereas depression is more of a weight of like mm-hmm. I just like you, the shoulders are just, just bogged down. Right, you yeah. just bogged down. Right, and 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 so when you're depressed. It's actually a benefit because most people don't end their lives when they're depressed. They don't have the energy. Mm. That's how much energy, like it, people don't realize the amount of energy it takes to actually end your life. So what happens is, is as the depression lifts, that's when people end up wanting to end their life. Gotcha. Because now they have the energy, right? right? So that's why the families are always surprised when they go, God, they were doing so well. They were laughing. They were giggling. They they seemed to I be just getting saw him healthy. Last week. Yeah. yeah, I just saw him last week. He's doing wonderful, right? And so 
it's a mixed message and it confuses people. Even even therapists go, oh yeah, you're doing great and blah blah blah. But the the truth is, is now that they have the energy, that's when we have to double down. And that's mm, so yeah. when you're depressed, that's the time because you don't have a lot of energy. That's the time to to plan to make. That's that's when it's important to have a team in place of who you can call. Uh, you know, whether it's the one eight hundred suicide number or one eight hundred two seven three talk, or a therapist or friends. Like, who are you gonna call when you're depressed? Because when that depression lifts, that's when you're in trouble. Hmm. Because you're like, God, I don't want to go through that depression again. Yeah, that sucked. This is gonna keep coming around. I don't really like my life, and now I have some energy. And so that's why there's such a high rate in people who are bipolar or manic depressive, because when they're depressed is really low, and when they're manic is really high. And so they usually end their lives in the manic state, mm. right? Um, and so people who are struggling with, with, with manic depression and bipolar, um, it's very important. Those are the people who really need routine. So that's why I don't want to demonize being comfortable because the routine, uh, because that transition from super depressed to super manic is so dangerous for it. It's almost like if you're driving in a car 100 miles an hour and then you come to an abrupt stop. Like you're going to feel it. Right. And that just, and imagine like that's for your whole life, right? Mm -hmm. Where 100 miles an hour stop, 100 miles an hour stop. Like that's brutal. You want to, it makes you want to end that, you know? Yeah. So what what people who are are struggling with bipolar is they're looking for like the cruise control, right? They're just like, uh, I have friends who like, they're just like, I can't listen to music. I can't watch TV. I can't watch anything that excites me too much. Because mm-hmm. we do live in that, and uh, you know, um, environment where everything's like, "Hey, get excited! Are you ready?" Like those right, company, right. especially like those startups, and uh, you know, it's like rah, everything's yeah. rah rah rah, right? Smile for the camera, mm-hmm. say and, right? And the truth is, what people don't know is that you don't smile with your teeth; you smile with your eyes. That's when you can tell somebody how somebody's really feeling in the in the moment. Yeah, because right? if you're dead behind the eyes, dude. And yeah, I like man, those kind of women. Rap. <laughs> yeah. I like those women. You I'm like not, not going to lie. I'm attracted to the dead eyes, I think. You know, that might be part of the issue. Damn, but that's why Bumble ain't working out, yeah. dude. But on a serious <laughs> note, I wonder, like, it is interesting how the su- it does happen on the uptick because mm. it's one of the saddest things. It's it's r- very rarely the first time that, that gun is in that person's mouth, that noose is around their neck. You trial it out and you know i've gone through some very low parts of my life i've tried to kill myself before and it is in a manic rage because that's the only time you can collectively put this all this energy together because you also don't know where you're you're funneling it in Mm. a way because going back to the it is important to have routine because if you are running exercising meditating these these routine things that you know, hey, I have to do this every day. I've got to drink a lot of water to stay on top of it. If you're not funneling your energy in there, then all of a sudden you get out of depression. You just hundred, you know, hundred on the highway, it, closing your eyes. It just it's, and the highway you, ends, baby. You know it go. It's your your brain goes to some scary places when it starts firing rapidly like that. When you yeah. have those demons living dark, and it goes with communicating with anything. Right. It's fully communicating your thoughts with a therapist, with anybody. You don't realize how just saying the things that are inside your head just to somebody you love or care about, how much that really just loosens that wet depression blanket a little bit. Because it's wet, too. It's not just heavy. It's wet. It's It smells bad. It's muggy. It's it's also can be comfortable. It's, it's comfortable. I've had it for years and years, and you feel comfortable like with it around you because if you start feeling happy again, who's going to hurt you next? So mm-hmm. right, you know? absolutely. It, you know, it, it, it's it's um, we got like we got. You're almost going out to stand up live right now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you're, you're in town for a couple of days. And you're yeah, yeah, yeah. We're at uh, stand up live uh, tonight through. Well, when does this air? Next week. So. Okay, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but no, you, you you know you're so right. And um, to have a a, a routine, I, I do a thing called germs journal exercise. Read, meditate, self-talk, hmm. and I do that every day. Um, sometimes I do it for a minute each. Sometimes I do it for five minutes. Some some days I do like a, a hour meditation. I just hmm. but I, I make sure to click through those every single day. And now there are some days where I don't click through all of them, but just knowing that I click through some of them brings me some relief and reduces some of the anxiety. 
you know, earlier we were talking about fight, flight, and freeze. Um, but they, they, there's a, there's a fourth um, uh, level of the amygdala stimulation of, uh, it's not fluster, but it starts with an F. I forget what it is. But basically, so like when, when we're anxious and, and, you know, like your, your, your brain is really firing, so you kind of go into this, should I fight? Should I, should I flee? Should I run? Fawn. Um, what is it? Fawn. Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. Fawn, I don't, or, or, or okay, fawn, yeah, That's flop. the only F. Uh, it might be. So ba- basically, so the fight is run, the, 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 or the fight is, uh, you know, uh, stay and, and fight it or attack. Um, the freeze is run, the, fr- uh, or the, the fight, yeah. The freeze is uh, like you just like you you're just crippled by it. You just crippled yeah. by it, right? And and people go, why are you just standing there? Because you're you're all amygdala. Don't know what to do. But the fluster is where you have a bunch of energy, but it's not going anywhere. Mm. So it's kind of like when you see like uh, I hate to say somebody's just undone and they're just like you know just yelling and somebody's flailing about. Karen, right? Like a. Uh, <laughs> sh- She's kind of like, but uh, like when you just see somebody like arms up and just running around, it's, ah! but they're not attacking anybody. They're not running from anything. They're just like yeah. flailing. And so sometimes we flail about and that's so uncomfortable. And some, so sometimes we're not acting that out because maybe you're uh, at work when you feel this, mm. ah! Right. <laughs> right, or you, you know, you're on a date or whatever, or on a, on, a, on a public place, and so it's all going on in your head, and you have no idea because sometimes I get that like, ah! <laughs> and um, so what I do is a, a called a Pomodoro technique, where it's 25 minutes of concentration on something that's challenging but not impossible, and that can be done, mm-hmm. and then a five minute break. And give, give me an example of like so, what would you focus so, on? So so like guitar practice, right? Mm. So I'll say, okay, did I practice guitar today? No. All right. So I'll immediately set my timer for 25 minutes and just let that run, and I'll just practice my guitar for 25 minutes. Or I'll journal for 25 minutes, mm. just gotcha. freestyle writing, right? Like where it's something I have to concentrate on, but not something I have to really think about too Put hard. in too much work, yeah. Put in too much work. Yeah. Like I'm not learning something new. I'm just kind of practicing it kind of gets like with your OCD, like that's a way that like your your the writing becomes repetitive. Mm-hmm. You get into a state of flow, practicing guitar, state of flow. Um, sometimes I'll I'll set it and I'll just like stretch for twenty five minutes, to, or like do dishes, or I'll do something for twenty five minutes, and then I'll check in with myself and I'll say, okay, I feel so much better now. I usually like, nine times out of yeah. ten, I feel. I don't want to say better. I hate that word. I feel more centered and grounded, hmm. and then I pick the next the task, and I say, "All right, I'll do this for twenty five Because a lot of times we think we need hours to do a thing. Like, oh, right, I don't right. have a, I don't have an hour to work out. I don't have an hour to write a book. Twenty five minutes. Just yeah. sit, lock it in, and if you do that every day, all of a sudden you'll it'll just build up its own momentum, and it prevents boredom. Like that yeah. to me, it's like. That's one thing. One big thing about you said, uh, board hand or idle, idle uh, hands, or uh, I just messed idle <laughs> hands lead to the devil's or the devil's workshop. I mean, yeah. that's not mine, but um, but yeah, it's like when you when we we don't have uh, things that engage us mm-hmm. that give us meaning, yeah, right. Um, that's when disaster strikes. A you lot know of what times, I'm saying? a sure. lot of times. It, so like a lot of kids who think that. You know, schools are like, these are bad kids. It's like, no, the work you're giving them is kind of meaningless. It's like if you're not talking about real-world stuff. They're bored. Yeah, yeah, and you're not showing them how to apply what they're learning in the classroom to the real world. Like, of course they're going to, you know, zone out. It's almost like it's become not okay to be bored anymore. Because I remember, like, sometimes just being bored and doing nothing but being fine. You know what I'm saying? Not, Not looking for trouble or anything like that. But I have had the situations where in this, you know state of boredom this predicament pops up and i just have to put my hands in it because i'm bored yeah sometimes it happens and it's more more uh, probable to happen there but um also being bored isn't bad no you know actually boredom is is where uh you could find intimacy so like you know in relationships a lot a lot of times you know you're dating right now so 
you know, if you go on a date, you feel like, ah, I keep it up. Bah, bah, yeah, bah, keep bah, this bah, up. Bah, yeah. yeah, a little back and forth. Get mm-hmm. that, um, you know, and, but really, that's all fun and games. But you, you really will get to know the other person and each other when you're able to sit in that silence that's together. That's the best. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. the best thing. Yes. Yeah. I haven't yeah. talked to my wife in months. Oh, we're, we're in silence. So, so romantic. Long. So romantic. <laughs> so much intimacy I'm so, I'm, I'm so envious of your relationship. <laughs> no words or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Last time she talked, she had a black eye. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go good for her that time. <laughs> All right, domestic is, abuse is not funny. This guys. was your... Yeah, End time, basically. Thank you, Leo Flowers, for coming. Yeah, appreciate yeah, seriously, it, we'd like to, we'd love to have you on every time you're yeah, in town. Yeah, man, I appreciate awesome. this. This is great, man. Um, uh, go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with yours truly. Yeah. And, uh, What's your handle on IG? Uh, Leo Flowers two thousand. Two thousand. Yes, Instagram, or, or I mean, and Twitter, and, or all and that. I wish I, I screwed up immensely. So on Twitter, it's Leo Flowers for real. And then, um, but if you go to leoflowers.com, it links to everything. Okay, yep. cool. You heard it here, folks. Leoflowers.com. It was a great pleasure to have you on, dude. Thank you, guys. Thank you for coming. Awesome, Good luck on Thank your you. show tonight. Thank you, brother. I appreciate um, it. And uh, let's make 2021 at more like 2000. <laughs> that was a good year. Right, let's go back. All right. All right, man. We'll I'm catch bold. you next week. Thanks for listening, folks. Cheers. Uh, I'm on the